Section twenty five of the Wallet of K. Lung. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Wallet of K. Lung by Ernest Brummer. Chapter six, part one. The Vengeance of Tung Fell for a period not to be measured by days or weeks the air of ching fao had been as unrestful as that of the locust plains beyond the great wall for every speech which passed bore two faces one fair to hear as a greeting but the other insidiously speaking behind a screen of rebellion violence and the hope of overturning the fixed order of events with those whom they did not mistrust of treachery persons spoke in low voices of definite plans while at all times there might appear in prominent places of the city skilfully composed notices setting forth great wrongs and injustices towards which resignation and a lowly bearing were outwardly counselled yet with the same words cunningly inflaming the minds even of the patient as no pouring out of passionate thoughts and undignified threatenings could have done among the people unknown unseen and unsuspected except to the proved ones to whom they desired to reveal themselves moved the agents of the three societies while to the many of ching fao nothing was desired or even thought of behind the downfall of their own officials and chief of all the execution of the evil-minded and depraved mandarin ping siang whose cruelties and extortions had made his name an object of wide and deserved loathing the agents only regarded the city as the bright spot in the line of blood and fire which they were fanning into life from peking to canton and which would presumably burst forth and involve the entire empire although it had of late become a plain fact by reason of the manner of behaving of the people that events of a sudden and turbulent nature could not long be restrained yet outwardly there was no exhibition of violence not even to the length of resisting those whom ping siang sent to enforce his unjust demands chiefly because a well-founded whisper had been sent round that nothing was to be done until tongue fell should arrive which would not be until the seventh day in the month of winged dragons to this all persons agreed for the more aged among them who by virtue of their years were also the formers of opinion in all matters called up within their memories certain events connected with the two persons in question which appeared to give to tung fell the privilege of expressing himself clearly when the matter of finally dealing with the malicious and self-willed mandarin should be engaged upon among the mountains which enclosed ching fao on the southern side dwelt a jade seeker who also kept goats although a young man and entirely without relations he had by patient industry contrived to collect together a large flock of the best formed and most prolific goats to be found in the neighbourhood all the money for which he received jade being quickly bartered again for the finest animals which he could obtain he was dauntless in penetrating to the most inaccessible parts of the mountains in search of the stone unfailing in his skilful care of his flock in which he took much honourable pride 
and on all occasions discreet and unassumingly restrained in his discourse and manner of life knowing this to be his invariable practice it was with emotions of an agreeable curiosity that on the seventh day of the month of winged dragons those persons who were passing from place to place in the city beheld this young man yang hu descending the mountain path with unmistakable signs of profound agitation and an entire absence of prudent care following him closely to the inner square of the city on the continually expressed plea that they themselves had business in that quarter these persons observed yang hu take up a position of unendurable dejection as he gazed reproachfully at the figure of the all-knowing buddha which surmounted the temple where it was his custom to sacrifice alas he exclaimed lifting up his voice when it became plain that a large number of people were assembled awaiting his words to what end does a person strive in this excessively evilly regulated district or is it that this obscure and ill-destined one alone is marked out with a deep white cross for humiliation and ruin father and sacred temple of ancestral virtues wherein the meanest can repose their trust he has none while now being more destitute than the beggar at the gate the hope of honourable marriage and a robust family of sons is more remote than the chance of finding the miracle-working crystal image which marks the last footsteps of the pure one yesterday this person possessed no secret store of silver or gold nor had he knowledge of any special amount of jade hidden among the mountains but to his call there responded fourscore goats the most select and majestic to be found in all the province of which nevertheless it was his yearly custom to sacrifice one as those here can testify and to offer another as a duty to the yamen of ping xiang in neither case opening his eyes widely when the hour for selecting arrived yet in what an unseemly manner in his respectful piety and courteous loyalty rewarded to-day before this person went forth on his usual quest there came those bearing written papers by which they claimed on the authority of ping xiang the whole of this person's flock as a punishment and fine for his not contributing without warning to the celebration of kissing the emperor's face the very obligation of such a matter being entirely unknown to him nevertheless those who came drove off this person's entire wealth the desperately won increase of a life full of great toil and uncomplainingly endured hardship leaving him only his cave in the rocks which even the most grasping of many-handed mandarins cannot remove his cloak of skins which no beggar would gratefully receive and a bright and increasing light of deep hate scorching within his mind which nothing but the blood of the obdurate extortioner can efficiently quench no protection of charms or heavily mailed bowmen shall avail him for in his craving for just revenge this person will meet witchcraft with a heaven-sent cause and oppose an unsleeping subtlety against strength therefore let not the innocent suffer through the insufficient understanding o divine one but direct the hand of your faithful worshipper towards the heart that is proud in tyranny and holds as empty words the clearly defined promise of an all-seeing justice scarcely had yang hu made an end of speaking before there happened an event which could be regarded in no other light than as a direct answer to his plainly expressed request for a definite sign
upon the clear air which had become unnaturally still at yang hu's words as though to remove any chance of doubt that this indeed was the requested answer came a loud beating of many very powerful brass gongs indicating the approach of some person of undoubted importance in a very brief period the procession reached the square the gong bearers being followed by persons carrying banners bowmen in armor others bearing various weapons and instruments of torture slaves displaying innumerable changes of raiment to prove the rank and consequence of their master umbrella carriers and fan wavers and finally preceded by incense burners and surrounded by servants who cleared away all obstructions by means of their formidable and heavy knotted lashes the unworthy and deceitful mandarin ping xiang who sat in a silk hung and elaborately wrought chair looking from side to side with gestures and expressions of contempt and ill-restrained cupidity at the sign of this powerful but unscrupulous person all those who were present fell upon their faces leaving a broad space in their midst except yang hu who stepped back into the shadow of a doorway being resolved that he would not prostrate himself before one whom heaven had pointed out as the proper object of his just revenge when the chair of ping xiang could no longer be observed in the distance and the sound of his many gongs had died away and the persons who had knelt at his approach rose to their feet meeting each other's eyes with glances of assured and profound significance at length there stepped forth an exceedingly aged man who was generally believed to have the power of reading omens and forecasting futures so that at his upraised hand all persons became silent behold he exclaimed none can turn aside in doubt from the deliberately pointed finger of buddha henceforth in spite of the well-intentioned suggestions of those who would shield him under the plea of exacting orders from high ones at peking or extortions practiced by slaves under him of which he is ignorant there can no longer be any two voices concerning the guilty one yet what does the knowledge of the cormorant's cry avail the golden carp in the shallow waters of the huen kiang a prickly mormosa is an adequate protection against a naked man armed only with a just cause and a company of bowmen has been known to quench an entire city's heaven-felt desire for retribution this person and doubtless others also would have experienced a more heartfelt enthusiasm in the matter if the sublime and omnipotent buddha had gone a step further and pointed out not only the one to be punished but also the instrument by which the destiny could be prudently and effectively accomplished from the mountain path which led to yang hu's cave came a voice like an expressly devised reply to this speech it was that of some person uttering the chant of rewards and penalties how strong is the mountain sycamore its branches reach the middle air and the eye of none can pierce its foliage it draws power and nourishment from all around so that weeds alone may flourish under its shadow robbers find safety within the hollow of its trunk its branches hide vampires and all manner of evil things which prey upon the innocent the wild boar and the forest sharpen their tusks against the bark for it is harder than flint and the axe of the woodsman turns back upon the striker then cries the sycamore hail and rain have no power against me 
nor can the fiercest sun penetrate beyond my outside fringe the man who impiously raises his hand against me falls by his own stroke and weapon can there be a greater or a more powerful than this one assuredly i am buddha let all things obey me whereupon the weeds bow their heads whispering among themselves the voice of the tall one we hear but not that of buddha it is doubtless as he says in his musk-scented heaven buddha laughs and not deigning to raise his head from the lap of the phoenix goddess he thrusts forth a stone which lies by his foot saying a god's present for a god take it carefully o presumptuous little one for it is hot to the touch the thunderbolt falls and the mighty tree is rent in twain they ask for my messenger said the pure one turning again to repose lo he comes with the last spoken word they came into the sight of those who were collected together a person of stern yet engaging appearance his hands and face were the color of mulberry stain by long exposure to the sun while his eyes looked forth like two watchfires outside a wolf-haunted camp his long pigtail was tangled with the binding tendrils of the forest and damp with the dew of an open couch his apparel was in no way striking or brilliant yet he strode with the dignity and air of a high official pushing before him a covered box upon wheels it is tung fell cried many who stood there watching his approach in tones which showed those who spoke to be inspired by a variety of impressive emotions undoubtedly this is the seventh day of the month of winged dragons and as he specifically stated would be the case lo he has come few were the words of greeting which tung fell accorded even the most venerable of those who awaited him this person has slept partaken of fruit and herbs and devoted an allotted time to inward contemplation he said briefly other and more weighty matters than the exchange of dignified compliments and the admiration of each other's profiles remain to be accomplished what for example is the significance of the written parchment which is displayed in so obtrusive a manner before our eyes bring it to this person without delay at these words all those present followed tung fell's gaze with astonishment for conspicuously displayed upon the wall of the temple was a written notice which all joined in asserting had not been there the moment before though no man had approached the spot nevertheless it was quickly brought to tung fell who took it without any fear or hesitation and read aloud the words which it contained to the custom respecting persons of ching fao truly the span of existence of any upon this earth is brief and not to be considered therefore o unfortunate dwellers of ching fao let it not affect your digestion that your bodies are in peril of sudden and most excruciating tortures and your family temples in danger of humiliating disregard why do your thoughts follow the actions of the noble mandarin ping Xiang so insidiously and why after each unjust exaction do your eyes look redly towards the yamen is he not the little finger of those at peking obeying their commands and only carrying out the taxation which others have devised indeed he himself has stated such to be the fact if therefore a terrible and unforeseen fate overtook the usually cautious and well-armed ping Xiang, 
doubtless perhaps after the lapse of some considerable time another would be sent from peking for a like purpose and in this way after a too brief period of heaven-sent rest and prosperity affairs would regulate themselves into almost as unendurable a condition as before therefore ponder these things well o passer-by yesterday the only man-child of huang the wood-carver was taken away to be sold into slavery by the emissaries of the most just ping shang who would not have acted thus we are assured were it not for the insatiable ones at peking as it had become plain that the very necessitous huang had no other possession to contribute to the amount to be expended in coloured lights as a mark of public rejoicing on the occasion of the noonday of the sublime emperor the illiterate and prosaic-minded huang having in a most unseemly manner reviled and even assailed those who acted in the matter has been effectively disposed of and his wife now alternately laughs and shrieks in the establishment of irregular intellects for this reason gazer and because the matter touches you more closely than in your self-imagined security you are prone to think deal expediently with the time at your disposal look twice and lingeringly to-night upon the face of your first-born and clasp the form of your favourite one in a closer embrace for he by whose hand the blow is directed may already have cast devouring eyes upon their fairness and to-morrow he may say to his armed men the time is come bring her to me End of section twenty five